Uh, Jesus didn't have a problem with people that's in the streets. He had a problem with religious people. How can I help anybody when I'm not even when I was not even able to help my own son? I would never do that. I would never do that. And I became that in a matter of minutes when they took my pain pills away. And I said, I'm not where I want to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. Ugh. This is Faith in Your Recovery. I am Randy Davis. Welcome to the battle. Thanks again for joining us here on Faith in Your Recovery. We're glad you're with us. We've got a lot we want to share with you today, so we're going to jump to it pretty quick. Our guest today from Union City, Indiana, over there real near that Ohio line, Tyler Miller. Tyler, welcome. Hey, good to be here. Thank you. We're glad you're with us. We're going to hear Tyler's story, and I'm sure he's going to have some words that make a big impact. I don't want to steal his thunder, but I understand, Tyler, you just celebrated one year clean, right? Yes, sir. It's a big deal. Uh, that is a big deal. That's uh, We want to hear some of the struggle that that was, you know, a major part of your life. We want to hear about the victory. We want to hear about where you're at today. So let's just jump into that. Let's go back to those early years, Tyler. Tell us what you were like. What kind of a quote-unquote kid you were. You're not much older than that now at 33, but uh, tell us of those younger years. I was um, adopted when I was really young. My mother um, was an addict, still is. Actually, she's currently in jail, um, my birth mother. And I was adopted when I was about one years old, me and my sister were. I have a younger brother who uh, was not adopted with us, and he's currently in the same jail my mother is right now. You know, that, that was part of it. I was raised in a good home, went to church, all that, did good in school. And, you know, my addiction come, you know, was in the last couple of years, and it all just came to a head. I grew up, I was fine, straight A student, all that good stuff. But, um, you know, that self-worth thing that a lot of people, a lot of addicts yeah, yeah. struggle with, it ended up coming through. Tyler, why, why was, if I can ask, why was there a need for the adoption? Were your parents just unable to raise you, your biological parents? or Yeah, my, my biological father wasn't in the picture. I mean, I know who he is. He's a good guy. But at the time, it just, he was in the picture and then. My mom was an addict, and she was in and out of jail. Okay. You know, so that she signed her rights over to my, you know, and I know all, all four of my parents. They're very good people, you know, and it's it's something I've dealt with and I've got over. There was some anger, some issues with that, you know, but I've I've yeah. recovered. There like, had to be a sense of abandonment once you were old enough to recognize that. Yeah, there was. Yeah. And, you know, that— it, 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 you know, it goes into your, when you get it in your head, oh. you know, it, it takes over. And a lot of us addicts, we deal with that kind of stuff, you yeah. know. And I'm going to guess that it was a matter of thinking, though you knew better. Did I not measure up? Did they not want me? I'm right. going to guess you went through all of that. Yeah. And then you kind of, when you get into recovery, you learn, you know, it that had nothing to do with me. You know, that wasn't my fault. You know, it was, that's on them. Exactly. You know, it's not me. Yeah. You know, you may have had to pay some of the, some of the consequence of all of that, but you certainly didn't create that. Right. You know, and I reconciled with my mother after, after 30 years 
and uh, I forgave her for all of that. And now, you know, we were okay, but, you know, being a seed stone induction, that's something I can't be a part of now. Sure. You know, because of that. Okay. I mean, I still talk to her and stuff, but I, you know, people, places, and things you have to get (laughs) away from. Oh, we hear that. And and once you start doing the right thing, and like, let's just say you don't, you're not getting high anymore, you start veering. People don't come around you or stuff like that. You know, when I got clean, I was able, and this is, uh, you know, this is part of how I've been an example was I was still around people that were in addiction. I was still able and not, and I not using a lot of people can't do that. I could. And, you know, Kevin talks about that a lot. We're going to let you talk more about Kevin and his impact Mm -hmm. on your life as well as the impact of a better life. Brianna's hope the way you plan recovery, but let's, let's go from those early childhood years to once you got out of high school. Okay. Let's look at that part of your life from there up to the point of when you're your heavy drug usage started. So I guess that's probably going to be your 20s. Tell us who Tyler was in his 20s. Well, in my 20s, I was married. Okay. And I started having kids. I have four boys. Okay. Okay. And, you know, my marriage, was it was a good, it was good. You know, we were young. And, you know, that was, I got married right out of high school. And, you know, that stuff happens. And you bump ups and down bumps and this and that. I, you know, you grow and things happen. When I got into my uh, about 30, I was in 31, you know, we split. I got a divorce and I was with another girl, you know, and I got my heart broken. That's where the addiction came. That's where the spiral started. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and ask you a tough question here. What was it that finally was the last straw in your first marriage? The other girl. Okay. 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 Thanks for your honesty. We appreciate that. Uh, You know, folks, as you can tell, (laughs) this is pretty raw. And it's one of those things where, where Tyler is, as we said earlier, he's just now a year clean. So this is all pretty fresh as well. So let's hear about that moment. You mentioned it was a, a heartache and a heartbreak that kind of started you downhill. Tell us what what those moves were like, what those steps, uh, you know, what they entailed, how you how you got started, your drugs of choice or drugs of doom. Mm-hmm. Hit that. Okay, so when I was about twenty years old, okay, I had dabbled, and this was it was fun. There was nothing connected to it in cocaine. Like, I was just doing it for fun. Like, I wasn't addicted to it. And I put it down, like, no more, you know. So um, there was no trauma attached to it or anything. It like, didn't create it didn't create. Issues. I was just, yeah, it's a, a good time, you know. Okay. Hey, I like this. I'm going fast. Woo, you know. And there wasn't, and, but I put it down, right. Um, so fast, fast forward 10 years, okay. So I come to this heartbreak, major trauma. Major trauma, okay, and um, the seed was planted in my head. Well, you could relapse, you know. There's a chance you could relapse, and that was it. That was all words, you know. Words are very power- powerful, and that got in my head on top of the heartbreak. Okay, I'm not good enough. I could relapse. This is this is all I am, you know. 
So 10 years removed from my usage. Yeah. This is all I am. So you know? what were you turning to at that point? Um, I went to um, meth. 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 Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I thought I could be a weekend warrior. You know, I'll just do it on the weekend. I'll be all right. You know, people were, they told me, don't do it. It's not going to work out for you. It ain't going to be good. And it didn't. You know, a weekend, you know, it turns in, oh, we can do a little bit more. We'll be okay. We'll do a little bit more. We'll be okay. All of a sudden, yeah. it was a three day weekend. All of a sudden, it was a two day, then mm-hmm. a four day. And- it started affecting my body, lost weight. Um, I started getting real paranoid. Thing about methamphetamine, if you have any tra- trauma, mental trauma coming on, going on, um, you should never use that drug. It's psychosomatic. I mean, it, it takes your mind and it just twists it and turns it in on itself. And, uh, yeah, it's it's not good. Like, How often were you using then? Oh, man, when I was going, it was every day, you know. Um, Multiple times in mm, a day. Yeah. And then, like, the longest I stayed up was six days in a row. That was the longest for me. No sleep deprivation, not eating, not drinking. I mean, that in itself would make you go loopy. Yes, physically, emotionally, Everything. mentally. And I was dealing, still dealing with the heartbreak, you know, and I was, and from the divorce too, you know, I deal with the guilt from what I had done to my ex-wife, you know, with the, the cheating thing. And then my sons, of course, you know, I broke the family up. So, you know, I have to deal with that, the guilt. And, you know, it's, you got to forgive yourself for it. This was your your number one recognized coping tool was to turn to that uh, yeah. meth at that time. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you told us that you used that multiple times mm-hmm. just about every day, it sounds like. How were you able to, to score that meth? How were you able to afford it? Uh, were you still working? Were you able to function yeah. on a job, or did you have to turn to other means? I was still working at the time, and um, I lost one job because of it, because I I had ended up, people were noticing that I wasn't quite myself anymore. I had ended up actually, uh, I got a bad batch, and I ended up breaking out real bad, and they noticed that, but my demeanor was just different. I was losing weight, obviously. Absolutely. And I just wasn't myself. And I failed a drug test at work, you know, and they fired me, you know. So I got clean for about a month after that. Got a new job. Hey, everything's going good, you know. And uh, cool, I'm clean, feeling good, you know. And then uh, I wasn't quite done with it. What <laughs> drew you back to it? Did someone offer it to you or did you go on a search? I I, uh, I had gotten with a girl. Okay. And then she offered it to me, and I did it. Boom. And then I got, you know, most people say if they do it again, they're going to do it worse. And I did it. I went bad. And, I mean, I got strung all the way out, and it got really bad. Um, I ended up having a car crash because I fell out a couple days before Christmas. This was uh, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> That that accident was that a single car accident? Was yeah, it was just else? me, just you. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Okay. I was the only person that totaled my car. I ended up getting a rental, and then you know, after that, I mean, it was just that that Christmas. I was 
I was just falling out. I was just, I just wasn't myself. Okay. You know? So you've lost the one job just, you know, by the spiral mm-hmm. from within. Mm-hmm. You've had the accident. Mm-hmm. Take us to the next step. Uh, you just mentioned there that you were like a month clean, but then. I had another job. Okay. And I ended up losing that one. For the same reasons? I, well, actually what had happened with this one was I had went into this, was I'd had a concussion from the car crash. Okay. thing you're not supposed to do is you're not supposed to use. If you've got a concussion, I used. Well, I ended up, I had like these 10 days kind of thing and where I couldn't remember anything. I was, I went like this mini coma thing or whatever. Nobody knew where I was at. I didn't know what I was doing. I was using at the time. And... I just went into this, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and I woke up 10 days later thinking that was still December 23rd. It was like, what was it, January you, you, 9th or something like that? That's how I lost the other job. You so know. you were kind of a 10, 13 day, uh, just like a bender. Out. Yeah, I was just gone. You know, nobody knew where I was at. I didn't know what I was doing. And I don't have to remember, I'm like bits and pieces of it came back but I still don't, I can't put it all together to this day. How do you feel about that now as you look back at that? As I look back at it? you got to feel lucky to be alive. Yeah, I mean, of course, the car crash could have killed me. I mean, that in itself, I could, you know. Absolutely. And it's just. And then the concussion and the use of the meth on top yeah, of that. Yeah, it's dangerous. Dangerous. And, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't done with it. So what ended up happening from that was I ended up going to Reed. Um, Tell the folks what Reed uh, is. Reed Hospital has a inpatient where you can go and it's a rehab slash, uh, yeah, like a loony, you know. Well, yeah, that for yeah. psychological purposes. Yes. Yeah. Because, That's over in Wayne County. Right. And um, I went there for three days and that was, you know, the beginning of my, you know, I needed, I needed to get, you know, I was getting clean there because I went there because I wanted to get my memory back because I was, thought I was crazy. And, you did know. Did you go there by choice? Yeah, I went there by choice. Okay. I did three days and I got, I got clean. That 72 hour yeah, hold of the sort. Hold, but it wasn't, you know, they couldn't hold me. Right. It was voluntary. Voluntary. Yes. And then at the end of that, I come out and I was good, you know, and from that point, you know, I decided, you know, I'm not doing this no more. So was that your last usage? Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. So that's 72 hours after coming out of that 10, 13-day stupor, mm-hmm. that blank out, mm-hmm. whatever you want to label that, you made the decision, were you just sick and tired of being sick and tired? Is that why you made that decision? Yeah. Or you just wanted to find find you i had you know i went in there i was in a room you know and Solitary i was scared room by your i mean there were like a couple more patients in there we okay. were out, out, out out and stuff like that all right but it was just the feeling that i was all alone and i was scared and i was paranoid of course because i was coming down off the drug and uh, i'm like i can't do this again I I can't do it. And of course, I was missing my sons. And I was like, I just can't do this. I have 
you know, and from there on, I said, no, I'm not going back to this paranoid state. I'm not doing this. I'm not putting myself in this again. I mean, I was weak. I, I lost my mind. You know, the drug had made me lose my mind, you know, and I'm just, that, that was a bad thing for me. Like, had, yeah. Had people been trying to get you to go for help or was this just Tyler knowing that he knew this isn't going well. I need help. Yeah. A lot of people didn't say a lot to me. Like, when I lost a couple of jobs, they said, you know, you go get some help for this and stuff like that. But you're not going to do it unless you want to. Exactly. So did you have anybody kind of rooting for you at I did. Time? I did. Like, my sister, my dad, my, my family. They didn't say a whole lot, but they did at the same time, you know. They didn't have to say a lot. You yeah. knew what they I, meant by a few uh, words. Yeah, yeah, our, yeah, it was like that. Like, you know, because when you're in addiction, it's a shameful thing. Like, they don't want to, and you don't want to talk, you don't want, y'all want to talk about it. You don't carry it. a sign. And like, if they say something to you, you're going to be defensive because you're insecure about it, you know. And they don't want that either. They don't want to. You know, so it's really got to be something you want to do. You want to get clean, you know, and um, then there's no there's no fight with anything. There's just a fight with yourself. You know, you want to do it, and now I'm going to do it. I don't care. And that's where I'm at today. Today, I don't care. I'm not getting high again. How? Okay. <laughs> there we are. You've just spent that 72 hours there mm -hmm. trying to get your head together and mm -hmm. trying to get your life together, and you decide during that time, I'm done. Right. Give us the next step of how that worked for you and how you moved forward. So I got all of that, and then I, uh, you know, I spent mm, about a month. Like, I didn't interact with hardly anybody. Like, nobody. Okay. Because I just, I don't know. I just didn't want to. <laughs> you know, well, you were still trying to find yourself. Uh, yeah, I just didn't want to mess with anybody because I, I, for one, I was scared. Still, from coming out of the the, the psych hold, that that's a scary thing. And I was still trying to figure out what am I going to do. You know, I had my apartment, but and then you know I'm with my sons, and then I just had a lot of things going on. I don't have a job. I don't have a car. You know, <laughs> what am I going to do? You know, so I was, I was just stuck in this kind of state, you know, where I was just scared. Well, I, that's a transition time. Yeah. It makes total sense because you were not clear enough of mind to make the best choice for you, though you knew what the worst choice had right. been. And I was dealing with the emotions, too, that I was trying to mask with the drug because the drug in itself would make you fast. It's fast. And you wouldn't want an aggressive in everything that you were kind of feeling. It, and it would just, you wouldn't even be, you'd be thinking about something else, you know. And you 10,000 other things other than that. You, yeah. uh, you bet. <laughs> yeah. And then you started to feel, I'm going to yeah. guess, during those 30 days. Yeah, I, I got out of it. And, uh, you know, I had to, you know, you have to have a mindset. It just has to change, you know. And uh, that you know, those days, you know, that's what I was doing. You know, you're starting to build your self-confidence back, starting to, you know, what am I going to do? What, what are my steps? What am I going to do? 
Yeah. But yeah. I was white knuckling. You know that term. Absolutely. Okay, Go ahead like, and explain it to other so, folks. So white knuckling is you're not doing anything like meetings or anything like that. You're just not using. You have you're clean. You're not doing anything else though to help. Just staying clean. And you, that's not really the best way to go about it. You know, you need a support group. You need somebody that knows what they're talking about. You yeah. know? What about at that point right there? Had you talked to your family and told them, and I'm not asking you, did they believe you? Because they had to be up and down with stories. But had you told them at that point, I'm done? Yeah. How'd they respond? Oh, they won't. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> all of them were like, great. You know, yeah, that's what they wanted. They never wanted to see me walk down that path. None of my parents did. All four, sure. all four of them. They didn't want me to see me go down that path. And uh, yeah, they, they supported me one hundred percent. And so then, tell us about that path. Tell us that you know you said you had that thirty days of self-imposed isolation or yeah. being by yourself. Tell us about day thirty-one, so to speak. So actually, I had um goes with kevin now kevin lawrence he had contacted me at one point and i kind of fought him off the first time he contacted me so and i'm sitting here i'm like man i gotta i gotta do something else you know i got i need a, i need a coach i need because i'm sitting here i'm spinning i'm like i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what i'm doing and so i got hold of Kev. this time i i get a hold of him and i say i need a life coach because i don't know what i don't know where i'm going from here and I need somebody because I know how Kevin is when, you know, when he was coaching boy, my boys. And Explain you know, that to folks who don't. Know. Okay, so so Kevin, he, he's hard-nosed. You know, he's like, you need to do this. You need to do this, you know. And he's right, when he's coaching kids in wrestling, he's like, no, you do it this way. Do it this way. Do it this way. And that's what, for me, I, I was an athlete, all right, so being coached, I needed that. I needed, needed direction. I, I needed directions. I needed somebody to go, boom, you need to do this right here. And I like to argue. So I needed somebody that no, you know, <laughs> I like, you know, that's part of it. You know, I like, and I no, <laughs> Kevin doesn't argue well. No. Okay. He yeah. just tells you. He tell me, you know, yeah. and that's what I needed. That might not go well with somebody else, no, no. but for me, that's what I needed. I needed somebody right there and he did it for me. And I invited him over to my house and, uh, I started talking about a couple of things. And he was just, boom. From that night forward, it was a different mindset. Do you remember anything in particular that he said that really caused the lights to come on? <laughs> Actually. So he he said something to me, and this was, um, looking back at it, it was like the smartest thing ever. He said, I have something in my pocket, and you can have it. You can have it. And whatever it is, you can have it. And but I need you to tell me what it is. And pulls it out. And he's like, well, What is it? I said, Cocaine. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do meth again because it looped me, but on cocaine, I was having fun, right? So I said, Cocaine. Okay, so he left. You know, after that, we talked a little bit and he left. Light bulb came on. I don't have a car, I don't have a job. I should ask for his car keys, I should ask for money not cocaine, right? That was the light bulb. That Boom. And so I texted him. I said, I like how you just played with my head right there a little bit. <laughs> Got me thinking, you know, and that 
that was it. Like I should have been thinking about any, every, anything else that would have been better for my life other than that. And that was the moment I said, cause I had struggled with whether I was an addict or not because the cocaine usage back when I was like in my twenties, I was like, hey, I was just having fun. So at that moment right there, I realized I'm an addict. That's when I, you know, when he pulled his hands out of the pocket, yeah. said, you can have this if you can tell me what it is. Uh, and instead of saying something that would benefit you, you say cocaine. Yeah. That was the switch. That was the switch right there. I'm like, and then later on, light bulb went on. I'm like, that dude. <laughs> so what was the next play between you and Kevin? Next Folks, Kevin's one of our chapter leaders of A Better Life. Brianna's hope, and as I've shared with you before, we are a faith-based, compassion-filled, participant-driven support and recovery movement for those battling the battle with substance use disorder slash addiction. And as I just said, Kevin's one of our chapter leaders in the Union City, Indiana area, where Tyler's from, and uh, they had had long-term connection through school. Uh, Kevin has that skill of, you know, still hanging in there and pulling for people. He's a great supporter. But Tyler, tell us the next step between you and and Kevin or your your journey towards sobriety and being clean. So my next step. So that was Jan- my my clean day is January fourteenth. Okay, and so everybody knows the difference between a recovery date and a clean date. Um, recovery dates when you start putting actually putting the work in. So my first step at work would be February 14th, Valentine's Day. Aha. Uh-huh. Instead of going out with somebody and going here, I go to my first meeting at Brianna's Hope. On February 14th. 14th. My first uh, meeting was Valentine's Day. You know what? Without getting real mushy, that's showing love for yourself. Right. That's, that's, that's a good point because it's all about yourself. It's all about you. You've said that over and over. Yeah. You know, everybody can want it for you, but until you want it. Exactly. <laughs> Self-love is one of the, the things you have to, I mean, you have, to, it has to be about that. You do it for you. No other reason. There's no other reason out there. My children, if I'm not good with myself, I'm not good for them. You got it. You, you know, know, you talk about the shame base earlier, the abandonment yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. You had enough excuses not to love yourself. Exactly. And then you added others. Mm-hmm. But now on February 14th, and that's of uh, 2021? Yes. Yes, you go to your first meeting of the Better Life, Brianna's Hope. Take it over. Okay, so it's at the um, Methodist Church in town. Wesleyan, United Methodist, Wesleyan, that, that, that thing, <laughs> United Wesleyan Methodist Church, that's where it's at, and it's down in the basement, okay, so, you know, I'm religious growing up and stuff like that, but I'm kind of falling off with that stuff, and so that's kind of nerve-wracking in itself, going back into church, scary, a little bit, and then I'm going to a, a Brianna's Hope meeting, scary in itself then i gotta walk down these stairs down in the basement even a little bit scarier what am i getting myself into um but i get down there and you know the people are there you have supporters you've got other addicts there and um you've got people that aren't even addicts that are just there to learn about it 
you know, because they've had family members or something else. Ballpark, how many people were there that oh, night? man, I can't even remember. <laughs> Would you guess maybe 18, 20? Something like that. Okay, yeah. that's close enough. But I start listening to it, and I start, you know, I start listening to what other people's stories and some of the lessons they go through and stuff like that, and I just start applying it to my life, you know. And then, you know, a lot of people, they'll go, like, into N.A., and Brianna's Hope's not an N.A., but, um, you know, they go through the 12 steps and all that, and they work through it. You know, and then life, I didn't do that. Life put me through the 12 steps, naturally. I've never heard that phrase. I like that. Life put me through the 12 it steps. Did. Like, I've, I've, I've looked at the 12 steps, and I'm like, this all happened to me. I didn't have to go to it. Not, I'm not going to say you don't go to an N.A. No, no. Because that's a great support System, Absolutely. Any support system you can get is a good one. You know? That's a good comment. Yeah. Any support, any kind you can get is a good one. You know, but mine just, it just happened. That's just how it happened. You know? <laughs> and uh, I think I missed three meetings in a year. Two of them because of work. Now, <laughs> you know? These meetings are weekly. So uh-huh. that's every Basically sunday night 52 in a year mm-hmm. of course there could be weather you know yeah something else put a twist to it, but you only miss three in a year you must have been pretty serious about recovery yeah i mean it's the only one i can make because i work um night shift 7 30 to 5 30 in the morning so this is on a sunday night and our night shift doesn't start till monday and even if we have to work over overtime we work on a sunday it's at nine o'clock so I can ours the meeting starts at six 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 thirty and runs till eight. So I'm good, you know. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Tell us a little more about your involvement and any other steps or resources you may have used, mm. people you may have relied upon to help you get to where you are today. Uh, I relied on. I mean, I have a group of friends, you know, that I would be you on know, talk to and stuff. Kevin was the heavy one, you know. He was he was kind of kind of a sponsor in a way it was an official sponsor but he was kind of my sponsor he you was know. your go-to guy yeah if i if I, you know you need to have your your support you reach out to if this person isn't here you reach out to this person this person this person he was my main guy though and as i got further along it was like every day i was talking to him how asking him how he's doing he's asking me how i'm doing you know th- those kind of things and then it started dwindling off because I'm not needing him as much. I needed him, you know, just to kind of keep me steady, you know, and he did a great job. And now others look to me when they need help. You know, I kind of. How does that make you feel? It's it's pretty neat, really. Um, you know, it's different, you know. I don't, you know, I didn't have like. There's like some of the drugs, like heroin, fentanyl, opiates. I don't have experience with those, you know. So some of those I can't really, but I can help with the self love and understanding. You know, you need to stay away from this, stay away from that, stay, you know, and just be a support if somebody needs help. Somebody can talk to me or something like that because I understand it, you know. Empathy, empathy is a big deal. That's a good word, empathy. Empathy. Sympathy, sympathy and empathy are two. Yeah, feel exactly. I can understand what they're going through, you know, because God did it. You know, I've uh, you know I've fought through the triggers, 
I, I had triggers early on. I don't anymore. That's the thing. It's all here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and keep that attitude yeah. uh, and be careful because one may sneak up on it, you, one well, of those good. triggers. Yeah. And you've just got to be ready to kick it to the back. Oh, yeah. You just, you know, you just, well, just say no. I mean, I'm not and going stand to stand on it. Stand on yes. it. Exactly. Once you learn to do that. That's the thing. You know, I've said, I'm not going to, and I'm not going to. And there's certain reasons for that. Yeah. I'm an example to many different people. You know, if they see me use, they're going to be like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's doing it. You don't just let down yourself. You let Let down down the village, the community, the group. So let me ask you a tough question here. You've gotten to this point in your recovery, a little over a year clean, and you're soon going to be having or. You've gotten to this point as your clean date a little over a year, and you're about to celebrate a year of recovery. Mm -hmm. Okay. Have you gone back and taken care of any of the damage your addiction has done relationally? Mainly, that's what I'm speaking. Where are you with your kids? Uh, Share that with us. I know that may be tough, but folks need to hear it. I, I mean, I was completely honest with my sons. How old are they now? <laughs> my my <laughs> my oldest is fourteen. He's a freshman in high school. Okay. Um, then I have a thirteen-year-old. Okay. Eleven-year-old. Okay. And a nine-year-old. Okay. And all boys. Package close. Oh, yeah. That's a handful. Yeah, that all is. right. Tell us about your relationship with them. Um, it's good. I mean. The divorce and all that. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm kind of hard-nosed. I, I'm blunt. I don't let them get away with things. I have great examples. You know, I have a brother sitting in jail right now. I have a mother sitting in jail right now. Are both of those their drug-related situations? Yeah. And it's like I have great example. My brother has been in and out of jail, juvie, and prison since he was 13 years old. Is he younger or older than you? Younger. He's 30 years old. Okay. You know, and he's a great example of what could happen, you know, at a young age if you go down the wrong path. Kevin told me this, and this was something really good. Now that I've went through it, if one of my sons does go down that path, I can help him. I'll know exactly what to do. And that that's a big deal. You're going to have that empathy that you just spoke exactly. about. Could you know the damage it did for you physically, emotionally, relationally, all of those? Mm-hmm. And to know if you've got a son doing that, you're going to know what oh. he's doing in uh-huh. order to stay close and uh-huh. to love without enabling and crossing. I don't see you as the kind that would enable. I will tell you that, no. Tyler. <laughs> no, I won't. Yeah, I won't. Uh, you know, and it's just like, I'll know, you know, if they're doing it and that don't want to stay, they don't want to hide because <laughs> no, I'll be able to, it's just one of those things I can pinpoint it, yeah, you know, because yeah. I've seen them all, Boom. I've seen all the different, been you know. there, done that. Yeah. So where are you at this point with your mom and your brother? Do you speak? Do oh, you, I do. Uh, I do. Know. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things I can't be around at the high. You bet. You know, uh, I can't, they can't do that. 
Yeah. It's, it's uh, arm's reach right now. That's, that's, and that's a I mean, caution. I still care about them a lot and I still love them, but it's arm's reach. It's, you know, I'm not going to go, you know, I just can't. Yeah. No. You know, it's just, uh, it's just one of those things, you know, I, it could easily turn the other way if I'm not careful. Absolutely. And I could be involved in something I don't want to be involved in. Let's talk for a moment. You're 33, mm-hmm. right? Speak to all the 33-year-olds out there who are where you were, who are struggling in the battle right now, who are dealing with their own addiction. Give them some advice. Show them a little light to help them take the next step or their first step toward recovery. You're worth it. There's always hope. I mean, there's help. If you want it, there is help. There is help some somewhere out there. There is help. I mean, every town, there is there is something, and you're not alone. You're not the only one that's dealing with it. That a lot of people, you know, that it's. I'm going to ask you to add one more thing to that, simply because of what you said earlier. Recognize your addiction. When Kevin pulled that out of his pocket and mm-hmm. made that comment, that's when, wow, mm-hmm. you know, I've been fighting this battle. And, and uh, recognize it and then reach, recognize and reach out. A couple of good Recognize arms. and reach out. There, there, there are people out there that will help you, that won't look down on you, that, that recognize that you are fighting a battle and, will, and they'll help you. How many people are you around now that recall the the Tyler of that time of addiction who see and go, man, I can see a difference. You oh, know, there's yeah. There's been a there's, change. There's, there's a lot. Like a lot of people, you know, even addicts, you know, now they'll, they'll, that's awesome. That's great. You, you keep doing what you're doing, you know, and that, that's a big thing why I keep doing what I'm doing. Now it's not just about me. It's about them because they look at me if, if he can do it because of my fam, who my family are. They know him well. You know that, and they're like, if he can do it, we can. You know, and that, that that's a big deal to me. Oh, you know that it that, should be. That's a that's a big deal in my community because I was known very well as my for the both, wrong both, reasons. Well, wrong reasons, but both both sides of my family are known very well in town. Okay, all around. Okay. And I was a coach and stuff too. You know, me doing this and coming up out of it, and it, it's a big deal. You know what? It works both ways. When you recognize the fall seems greater, but because you were recognized and you've made the climb, it makes the climb even go farther. Right. Uh, you know, people right. sometimes love to see you in misery, but to see you in success, they've yeah. got to be shaking their heads going, there is hope. Yeah. Uh, as we say, hashtag addicts do recover. We do recover. Yeah, yeah you're living proof of that. How do you want to continue to help those who are struggling? I have my, I have my messenger. I have my, you know, um, certain people have my phone numbers and stuff like that. And I keep going to the meetings as an example, as an example to anybody else that walks in that door, you can do it because I'm young, you know, and it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still have, I still have issues. I mean, you know, everything's, 
We all do, yeah, all right? Everybody, everybody, Mine may not be addiction, but I've got yeah, everybody, issues. Everybody's got, you know, even if, you know, you're walking through life, hey, about bills, this and that, and all the other things, you know, we all got stuff that's going Flat on. Flat tires <laughs> come to all of <laughs> Everything. us. Frozen water yeah, lines. It's, yeah, it's freaking snowing outside. <laughs> Who likes that? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> that, exactly. puts, that puts a damper on my day right there. <laughs> it's cold. An, yeah, <laughs> an interesting question. You made the comment how when you went to that first meeting on February 14th, uh, of uh, 2021, it was kind of tough to even walk down those steps at the church. How do you feel in the church now? Oh, I mean, I, I'm still, I don't really go, go to the services and stuff, but now going to the meetings, ah, just, I'd walk down in there and, you know, so that, if I'm not there, I'm getting a phone call. I'm gonna get, usually I let Kevin know if I'm not going to be there, but it's not very many times, you know. But if I'm not there, it's like, hey, what's going on, you know? So you got over that stigma and her. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I want folks to hear that. Because yeah, just some, because in a church, the meeting is the meeting is the meeting and that's what we're doing you yeah. know we're faith based not faith forced yeah uh, not faith expected doesn't mean we won't share our faith but we're going to yeah. let you be where you're at we'll try to let god take you to where you need to be yeah 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 what about a last piece a last uh, word of advice or uh you know anybody from your past you'd like say something to even if they're gone hey, here that brings up thought Quickly, how many friends have you lost to addiction over the years? Would you guess, Tyler? Uh, you know, drugs and alcohol. Yeah, overdose deaths, alcohol-related accidents. I haven't lost. That's the thing. I haven't lost anybody. Serious. None of my friends. I've seen them OD. I've known people. I haven't had anyone close to me. Close to you. That have okay. died. Okay. I've had just that, you know, my uncle and my grandma passed away sure. this last year. That was, that was a big deal for me. L nothing, no, no. Okay. That's but right. I've seen overdoses from my brother overdose in front of me. A couple of friends have, and it's, it's scary. You I mean, bet. but uh, I haven't had anything like that. Good. I would just say, you know. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's, <laughs> that's a listen, tough one. Uh, congratulations. Uh, don't let the journey stop here today. I once heard it said we didn't come this far to only come this far. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, we celebrate that one year being clean, that soon one right. year of recovery. Well, that's why I thank you for letting me come on this because uh, this is a little, this is bigger, Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> than what like, I was doing, right? We'd like to bring you back for year two, all right? Hey, and hey. hear about where recovery is then and where uh, that clean date is. And one of the things, there's a difference in getting clean and clear. Clean just simply means I've stopped using. Mm -hmm. Getting clear is a matter of being able to function and getting rid of some of those addiction behaviors, and you're getting right. there. I mean, uh, it's a mindset. You have you have to have the mindset. I'm, it doesn't matter what goes on in my life, I'm not going to use. I mean, everybody. like I said, everybody's got bad days. Everybody's got this and that, you know. I'm not going to use, period. Awesome. You Those know? are good closing words for you. Not going to use, period. Yeah, big and one. <laughs> yes, we'll let that be that. 
Once again, Tyler, thanks for your willingness to be vulnerable, to be real, to be raw, to share with us, to let us know that not only addicts do recover, but you have recovered and you continue to walk that journey. Keep it up. God bless. Thanks. Uh, I know you're going to be there with and for others. And folks, that's why we're here. It's about all things addiction. We recognize, we realize no two journeys are the same. Nobody's going to take the same path. But we also realize and recognize that your, your recovery, your clean time can begin today. Let it begin today. Take that first step. You know, recognize your issue, reach out, and if nothing else, be back with us for our next episode because it can start there just around the corner. Take care. God bless.